0: Friends, let us pray. God of speech and words, who with one little word shall vanquish the foe, speak to us now as we open your holy scriptures, for unless your spirit speaks, we will never understand. Give us your words and illumine our hearts, that as we go forth from this place and into our week, we might be empowered to live as more faithful disciples in all that we do. We make this prayer today in the name of Jesus the Christ, the Word made flesh. Amen. Every Sunday morning, I receive a text of encouragement from a a Presbytery area coordinator. And this morning, he summarized so perfectly what I hope to share in this sermon today that I wanted to share it with you. Spoiler alert. Uh, This is what my sermon's about today. He texted me, Change happens all the time. Our lives change, our bodies change, our responsibilities change, but God never changes. He remains the rock-solid foundation of our lives and is ours for all eternity. Trust him, for he is the Alpha and Omega, now and forevermore. Continue to stand on the solid rock. Have a safe and blessed day. God is a God of serendipity sometimes, and so while I suppose he's already done a perfect summary of the sermon, I spent a lot of time this week preparing 20 minutes making that point, so I'd like to proceed anyway. And um, so now let's turn our attention to the reading and proclamation of God's word. The New Testament text comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8. Verses 23 through 27. Listen now for God's word to you. And when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. A windstorm arose on the sea, so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us! We are perishing! And he said to them, Why are you so afraid, you of little faith? And then he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a dead calm. They were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. And our psalm text today comes from Psalm 90. I invite you once again to listen for the word of the Lord. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn us back to dust and say, turn back, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning, it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening, it fades and withers. For we are consumed by your anger. By your wrath, we are overwhelmed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in light of your countenance. For all our days pass away under your wrath. Our years come to an end like a sigh. The days of our life are 70 years, or perhaps 80, if we are strong. Even then, their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. So teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. Turn, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as you have afflicted us, and as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants and your glorious power to your children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper for us the work of our hands. Oh, prosper the work of our hands. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My grandfather was an aeronautical engineer for his career and spent a lot of time designing airplane wings. He was also a pilot by hobby. And when I was a kid, I took a flight with him in his little 1962 Piper Comanche airplane. And during the descent, we passed through some dark clouds and encountered some terrible turbulence. Luckily, we landed just fine, but I was nauseous and horrified And thus, my fear of flying was born, which I might add has proven very inconvenient when your wife's family lives in South Africa. (laughs) Turbulence is a curious thing, actually. It's just unsteady movements of air, normal changes in airflow. Sometimes you can see it coming, as when thunder clouds indicate the presence of a warm air mass likely to produce what's called thermal turbulence. Sometimes you can't see it coming, as when two clear jet streams going at different speeds collide and produce clear air turbulence with no visible warning. Sometimes airplanes themselves create what's called wake turbulence because their wingtips move through the air and leave eddies behind. That's why planes can't take off or land one immediately after another. And pilots have different approaches to turbulence. Some pilots seem especially cautious and vigilant leaving that fastened seatbelt sign on long after the air has smoothed out again. Other pilots seem much less concerned, perhaps turning on the fastened seatbelt side eventually after drinks have already spilled all over the passengers. Some pilots communicate well about turbulence, warning that it's coming, while others say nothing at all ahead of time and offer no comment thereafter. In the end, turbulence isn't that hazardous. It certainly poses no threat to aircraft, which are designed to endure much more turbulence than has ever actually been measured. There's some threat to being injured if you're up and about during turbulence, but the FAA reports only 33 people a year are injured on bumpy flights. So in the end, despite our fears, turbulence is really not dangerous at all and is, in fact, little more than a nuisance. If life is like a flight, then turbulence is a lot like change. There are several different kinds of change. Some changes are much more severe than others. Sometimes you can see change coming as when our parents' cognitive decline begins or when we prepare for retirement. Sometimes change surprises us out of the blue when a loved one gets a diagnosis, or when we get laid off. Change is not usually continuous, but when it does come, it's terribly disruptive, and it throws us out of our rhythms and our routines. And just like pilots seem to relate to turbulence in different ways, so also different people adopt various postures towards change, right? Some people are hypervigilant and anxious, Leaving that fastened seatbelt sign on in their lives, even when things are smooth sailing. Others seem unbothered and calm as change approaches, whether because they're used to it, or perhaps they're naturally flexible and adaptable by nature. Some people communicate well through change, tell you what they're feeling. Other people are silent and turn inward, leaving you to wonder what they're really thinking. And at the end of the day, even though change doesn't usually in and of itself pose a major danger or threat to our safety, some of us have a much greater fear of change than others. My fear of flying is admittedly irrational, and even though I've tried to educate myself about what turbulence really is, it hasn't completely assuaged my fears. So, too, even when we are completely prepared for an upcoming change, the change itself can still be hard. And however irrational our fear of change might be, change is still really difficult, and fear is no fun at all. We've been talking a lot about change since the pandemic began 18 months or so ago and we've collectively endured a period of extended turbulence in almost every area of our lives our our economic and academic lives have been disrupted our social lives have been disrupted and certainly our religious lives have been disrupted too almost everything has changed in one way or another and just as the air seemed to be smoothing out at the beginning of the summer just as we became convinced that The fastened seatbelt sign would soon come off and we could jump up and rush to the lavatory. The bumps started again, right? Restrictions and cautions reemerged, hospitalizations have surged, and the outlook seems bleak again. And people's varying approaches to change are on display, with some folks remaining obediently in their seats with their seatbelts securely fastened, while others are defiantly up and about, moving around the cabin. People respond to life's stressors in a myriad of ways. As we've seen throughout our summer tour of the book of Psalms, life has always been turbulent for the people of God. The wide variety of psalm genres that we have considered demonstrate that seasons change, threats arise and subside, generations come and go. Waters roar and foam, enemies taunt, the young grow old. Human experience is often inconsistent at best, and the psalms demonstrate that, because the tone of these prayers reflects that inconsistency. We worship God in one moment and question God in the next. We affirm that God loves the righteous, and then we wonder why the wicked prosper. We praise and we rage, we cry tears of sorrow and tears of joy. With so much range to our human experiences, we should not be surprised that there are 150 psalms in the Psalter. And the tension that lies throughout the Psalter, that I hope we've seen this summer, is between the finite and erratic nature of human experience on the one hand— and the steadfast, everlasting nature of God on the other. When we're caught up in a volatile season of transition or loss, it's easy to forget that beneath the stormy sea, beneath the shifting sand, lies the Lord of creation, the firm foundation of our faith, the jet stream that propels us forward, our Lord and God, who never changes. The psalmists move back and forth within this tension between these two realities. They flail in the storms for a while and then find their way back to the dock and harbor of God's love and faithfulness. Today's psalm, Psalm 90, seems especially aware of this tension between the ever-changing human experience and our never-changing God. But this psalmist doesn't seem to be in the thick of the fray at the time of writing. This psalmist is much more contemplative and introspective, unlike some of the other more bombastic and abrasive psalmists we've met this summer who are right in the thick of things. This psalmist strikes me as someone who's lived through a lot of change, gained a lot of perspective, and has learned that the best way to navigate the changing seasons of our life is to focus on what does not change, the God of our salvation. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God, he prays. A thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it's past. For the psalmist, there's an overarching certainty that boxes in all of the uncertain changes that we face in our lives. In all generations, he says, God has been our dwelling place. This doesn't mean we have to deny the reality and severity of change in our lives. I think this psalmist is as aware as any psalmist we've met that human beings are dusty, right? We rise and we fall, we come and we go, we flourish and fade. Our years come to an end like a sigh, he says. The days of our lives are 70 years, maybe 80 if we're strong. But even then, their span is only toil and trouble. They're soon gone and we fly away. This psalmist understands the challenges associated with change. I imagine him to be a kind of wise sage type. A figure, maybe something like Gandalf the Grey from The Lord of of the Rings. Someone who speaks slowly while gazing off into the distance, blowing smoke rings from his pipe, reflecting on life. Gandalf once said, all we have to decide is what to do with the time we're given. And the psalmist ultimately reaches the same conclusion in verse 12 when he prays, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a wise heart. We may not like dealing with change, but ultimately, there's much wisdom in knowing that since our time in this life is not infinite— Ultimately, everything will change. The only thing that does not change is our God. And so turning to God in times of change provides the stability that we need. Holding on to God's promises is kind of like holding on to those silver bars when we're standing on a bus that's stopping and starting a lot. It helps us keep our balance. And in a world where change is everywhere around us, It is only in the unchanging love of God that we can truly find our rest. It seemed fitting to end our series on the Psalms with this psalm, because as we transition into fall, change remains everywhere we look. The same is true also here at the church. By the time we all feel safe to fill this sanctuary again, we will have lost countless beloved members who have passed from this life into the next, since the time we last gathered. Next week, we'll say goodbye to Pastor Bill, who has helped see us through a number of changes. Brianna's away now for many months on parental leave, and we must respect her time with her family. And today we give thanks for the ministries of five wonderful staff who have served many, many faithful years in our midst in all sorts of important capacities. There's lots of change happening. And as our ministries move into the fall and as the uncertainties of the pandemic continue to weigh on us, we have to proceed without the gifts of wisdom and knowledge and leadership all of these folks have provided us. And it may feel that with each goodbye, the storm clouds on the horizon grow darker. It may feel like with each goodbye, things will never be the same. And I suppose in certain ways, they never will. I think it's important to name and acknowledge the sadness and angst that we sometimes feel in the midst of so much change. But my friends, the good news is that since God doesn't change, neither does the heart and soul of our church. The mission to which God has called us, to proclaim the gospel and to embody the kingdom of God, remains unchanged. Unchanged. Different leaders come and go and each bring unique gifts and ideas about how to pursue that mission well, but the mission itself endures from generation to generation. It's true that we will need to continue to adapt, but the pandemic has already shown us that we're a congregation that can accommodate change and that should be encouraging to all of us. New staff requires adjustment to new styles and priorities and vision It's true, and there's much, much to be excited about at our church, which you'll hear a lot more about in the weeks ahead. But in the end, through the old and into the new, all of us together continue to strive toward the same goals we always have. We continue to serve the same Lord Jesus Christ, who, as the scripture says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In our New Testament text, the disciples are cruising along in their boat to cross the lake, just like they always do whenever they need to get to the other side. But as the storm begins to brew, their routine journey changes, and they begin to be afraid as the waters rise and as the waves crash. But their faith instincts serve them well. They come to Jesus Christ— and they urge him to come to their aid. Jesus, remarkably, was sleeping through all of this. And I don't know about you, but when I'm anxious about something, I don't sleep very well. So I take Jesus' sleeping in this text to mean that there really wasn't much to be afraid of at all. And Jesus, of course, calmly pushes back the storm and guides their vessel through the waters, and in the end, the storm, like turbulence, was little more than a nuisance. The coping mechanism I've developed over the years for bumpy flights is when the turbulence starts I close my eyes and I try to picture Jesus calming the air outside the plane, just as he calms the water on the lake in our text, and I pretend like I'm asleep as unbothered and unanxious as Jesus was on that water passage. It's a fake-it-till-you-make-it tactic, I'll admit, but it's amazing how focusing on Jesus really can calm your fears. So friends, in the midst of this season of change, in our church and throughout all of our lives, let us never forget what does not change or rather, who does not change. Let us remember every morning that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And like the disciples who run to Jesus as the storm accumulates on the horizon, let us affirm with the psalmist that the Lord will be our dwelling place for all generations. So do not fear the turbulence. Don't be afraid of the wind and the waves. Because after all, even the wind and the waves obey our Lord. Alleluia and thanks be to God. Amen.